Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Hi, Esbury family. This is Jennifer Burns coming back for our second installment of our Interviews at Asbury series. This is a project that we started last week to talk to different people from the Asbury Smyrna Clayton community and hear how they are living out their faith during this time. Not necessarily just about the COVID-19 social distancing that we're going through, but just living as modern Christians in this world. So I have with me today Doug Covert. He is the lay leader at Asbury, and we are going to talk with him today. So first, Doug, thanks for meeting with me and doing this. Certainly. I'd be glad to to help out in any way I can. So for those who might not know you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, Start at the beginning. I was born and and grew up in New Jersey. Um, I have one sister who's five years older than me. And uh, although I was born in Newark, and we pronounce it properly, uh, not the way that people in Delaware do, but I grew up in Middletown in Monmouth County, which is in central Jersey near the shore. And I graduated from Middletown Township High School in uh, <clears throat> 1965. Uh, had uh, 704 students in my graduating class and a total of 3,500 students in our school. So I, I graduated from a large high school. I went on to uh, attend Juniata College in Huntington, Pennsylvania. Uh, That's where I met Bobby, the love of my life. And we met in our first class, first day of classes, 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning, Psychology 101. Yes, back in the dark ages, we did have classes on Saturday mornings. I only spent one year at Juniata, and then I withdrew and uh, went in the Air Force in June of 1966. I had uh, several interesting assignments in the Air Force, but uh, the two that uh, at the top of the list would be uh, Patrick Air Force Base in Cocoa Beach, Florida, where I was providing communication support for Cape Canaveral. And the high point of that assignment was working on the first Saturn V rocket launch. I also spent a year in Tule, Greenland, uh, just a little bit of climate change there, but uh, we survived it. and. Uh, had an interesting tour. I was a station engineer with Armed Forces Radio and TV while I was up in Thule. After coming back from Thule and being stateside again, Bobby and I were married. And last June, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. We have two grown daughters, one in Virginia and one in New Hampshire, but sadly, no grandchildren. After I left the Air Force, I went to work for, dating myself now, New Jersey Bell Telephone Company in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And after about four years, a family friend invited me to uh, come interview and ultimately got a job with the Veterans Administration. 
And that was the beginning of phase two, the 32-year civilian part of my federal career. In uh, June of 2006, I retired from, yes, one of the three-letter federal agencies. A uh, common remark I would hear at a lot of the briefings I attended was, you can't be in this business and have the last name of Covert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, my common response was, uh, talk to my parents, I didn't choose the name. So, uh, but I've always enjoyed serving my community. I was an active Girl Scout adult for 19 years. I served almost 25 years in the Fire and Rescue Service. And since 2007, have been actively involved as a ham radio operator, um, predominantly involved in, in providing public service and emergency communications. So that's kind of the background of what I've done and where I've come from. Sounds like you've had a lot of different experiences and been a lot of interesting places. So um, how long have you been at Asbury? Uh, Bobby and I moved to uh, Smyrna in 2007, um, in in July of 2007, and actually joined Asbury a few months later that year. So we've been members of Asbury since late 2007. Um, While here uh, at Asbury, I've served on the Finance Committee uh, and the Trustees. Uh, For two years, I was Chair of the Trustees, and that was when... uh, our major projects were the uh, rebuilding of the steeple and, and the new roof on sanctuary. Uh, currently, I serve with on missions, SPRC, safe sanctuaries, White House, and the church council. And as you said earlier, I'm also the, uh, the congregation's lay leader. Um, although I was not the chair of each of the committees or teams that I've served on, I. I feel very strongly that being actively involved in almost any group is a form of leadership, even though you may not have the title of leader. I agree with that. Um, I've served in a couple different churches and in some different roles. So do you feel like being part of a leadership team or these different ministries impacts your um, idea of church? Yeah, yes, it does, um, in, in, in a couple of different ways. But one, um, when you're in a leadership role, uh, particularly a, a designated uh, leadership role, um, you become more aware of, of what you're doing and the idea that uh, good or bad, people are going to be looking at what you're doing. So hopefully you're providing a good example of what a, you know, a, a Christian man or woman uh, should be like. And, uh, you know, walking the walk is walking the talk. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a church um, actually down the road from the home church that I attended when we lived in California, but um, they had a sign right at the exit to their parking lot onto the road that said, you are now entering the mission field. Mm-hmm. And I always like that. I've seen something like that at some other churches, but it's a reminder that you can't 
get your frequent pew miles and be praying in the church and then give somebody the finger as you're pulling out on the roads. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the church we attended in Virginia before we moved here, uh, we had signs like that uh, as you pulled out of the parking lot back onto the street again. Yeah. <laughs> saying, you know, you're, you are now entering the mission field. So. Yeah. Um, so we've had a lot of time at home in the last couple of weeks, and I know you're a, a book person anyway, but is there a certain Bible verse or a book that you've been meditating on lately? Not a book, but uh, there are two scriptures that are always uh, always on my mind. Uh, the first one is Isaiah 6, 8. That's uh, where Isaiah is being called to be a prophet. And it says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. This is probably, this scripture is probably the main reason why I'm involved in so many different uh, volunteer and service activities, because that's my, my calling. I, I feel called to help others. That's my mission in life. And I think that's part of why I serve in so many different uh, positions, uh, including on the conference level, as, as well as in our church. Uh, the uh, Dover District Disaster Response Coordinator. Uh, I'm a, the conference's early response team coordinator, and I also work uh, nationally with UMCOR uh, as an early response team trainer. Uh, the second scripture for me that is really life shaping is Jeremiah 29 11. Um, the uh, devotional that I wrote for the uh, Asbury's Lenten Devotion to Booklet uh, is based on that scripture. And this is the one that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, meditating on, on that verse of scripture after I was diagnosed with cancer was probably the main thing that helped me to get through that and uh, uh, not go insane. The idea that, that God has a plan for us, that he's in charge, and I think is particularly relevant for us today. Uh, it may not seem like uh, what's going on is uh, anything good, and uh, you know, I don't think it is right now, but I firmly believe that, that God has a purpose for that, and in the end, uh, some good will come out of it. Beauty from ashes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you kind of touched on this as you were talking about your verses, but um, we know that Easter this year is going to look a little different for all of us <laughs> because of the social distancing that we're going through. So um, with that said, how do you think your outlook on Easter is different this year? Well, I think that the secular aspects of Easter will be very different this year. Uh, the Easter Bunny, I'm sure, will put in this usual appearance, but the family gatherings, the uh, Easter Bonnet parades, Easter egg hunts, and other large gatherings are just not going to be permitted this year. But the Christian celebration, I think, will be for the large part unchanged. Uh, no. <clears throat> excuse me, 
No virus can change the fact that Jesus was crucified for our sins, that three days later he rose from the dead, and after his ascension he reigns in heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father. Uh, nothing that we do here on earth can change that. So that aspect of Easter for me um, is not going to be different. Certainly the worship service will be a little different because you know, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, they're all going to be live stream services instead of being in person. So the some of the feeling of community will not be the same, but um, spiritually and, and for me, uh, you know, in terms of my faith, um, there won't be any there won't be any difference at all. I, I agree with that. I think it's, you know, we're supposed to be Easter people all year waiting for the return of the Lord. Um, and I think it's really important to unpack what that means for us that, you know, it's, it's okay for us to grieve the traditions that we're used to having, but the biggest tradition of praising and worshiping is not changed. It, it just looks a little different this year. So, um, well, I'm, I'm hopeful that when uh, when this is all passed, that uh, perhaps we can have more of a traditional Easter celebration, you know, when the public gatherings are are allowed again in the future. Because really, we don't know the precise date when Jesus was crucified, and the, the, the time we celebrate Easter is just a date that's been set on the calendar for convenience. Yeah. Yeah. So when all of this is over and we're able to be together again, what is your hope that you would see changed in people, in the world, on the other side of all of this? My hope is that when all this is over with, from the coronavirus and whatnot, that, that we'll be together again. And I hope the biggest change will be a return to the time when God was more a part of our public lives and, and a part of our country. I hope that we will once again have Bible reading and prayer in schools. I hope that the Ten Commandments will be allowed to be posted in our courthouses again and that people will be more comfortable in sharing and, and displaying their faith in public. I hope that people will realize the importance of having God not only in our daily lives, but at the center of our lives. That, that's what I'm hoping will come out of this. Those are all good hopes, and I, I think that I agree with you on a couple of those as well. So, um, Doug, thanks for talking with me today. Um, I look forward to being able to see you before too long in person, you and I have had a couple phone calls over the last couple weeks, but um, I, I miss things and I, I miss the rest of our church. So um, thank you for doing this. Um, I am going to have to edit that part out because I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
There will be services for Asbury on um, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Those will be available on our Facebook page and our YouTube. I will go ahead and put some links in the comments down below where you can find out how to join in on those. If you have any feedback about this interview or this interview series that we're working on, feel free to reach out. Email is media.asbury at gmail.com. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks.